And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say, eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen. Start your engines! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. We're a show that's a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. And tonight, I have two of my very good friends, one that's pretty close by, the other one that's just as close by in Florida, not too far, right out of the parks. Uh, Dave, good to see you tonight. How's everything, buddy? Wonderful. Life is good. Busy and um, gorgeous weather here in Florida at the moment. Little little bit of chill in the air in the mornings and uh, just gorgeous days. I think this is actually why we like put up with like the crazy heat just to be able to be like, no, this is a great week. You should, anyway. <laughs> uh, I understand. The... Yeah, no, I'm starting right. to get some of that, that Southern weather mm, down here. I've been wearing yeah. t-shirts and that's kind of out of the ordinary for me for February. So, uh, Love it. I, you know, I don't have that Florida weather, but it's, uh, you know, Justin will agree. It's pretty uh, pretty nice down here this time of year. Uh, the only problem with it is uh, I think everybody decided it's beautiful, so let's go to Disney World. So um, we're seeing crazy parks at the moment. Just busy, 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 busy. Busy's good. Busy can be good. Justin, yeah. I know you are super excited because you just came off of a Super Bowl win. I know you've been a longtime Rams fan uh, since yeah. you know yeah. f- for years and years and years. Uh, I think it was the last time they won was two thousand. You know, you were just a little wee little boy back then. So, uh, yeah. uh, congratulations you know, to you and your, your you. Rams. Thank you. You know, as a lifelong Rams fan, you know i i uh, I've always been. Um, I like to call it a Ram head. Um, during the games, I you know. <laughs> Me and my buddies, we butt our heads together because we just what, growing up. That's what we did. So it was a good good week for us. Always been a Rams fan, and uh, really good to celebrate um, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers Rams um, with their Super Bowl win. So really, really fun stuff. Um, things are crazy busy here. I got to say, congratulations. You know, we posted on the Disney Dads Podcast Family Facebook page not too long ago about Away with Me Travel hiring, and we finished that process and we hired ten agents to away with me travel and uh so i want to congratulate them they'll be started getting started on uh you know selling disney vacations and making memories for people for years to come so congratulations to them been super super busy with that and um yeah our, our weather's been pretty good soccer's going back and and i'm outside all the time i i got really frustrated yesterday with my kids i, I felt bad 
you you know we do this as parents. You know we have those days where we'll get frustrated with the kids, and then you go to bed and you feel bad about the fact that you got frustrated. Well, I did that with my team. So at the end, I had to have this heart-to-heart talk of how much I love them, um, especially with it being Valentine's Day. I can't yell at nine-year-old girls and uh, and and then you know on Valentine's Day, I feel like I, I absolutely let them down <laughs> as, as a coach <laughs> and all that. So uh, I had to I had to to go back and make sure I, I covered it. But um, I tell you what, speaking of uh, Valentine's Day um, and and the parks, man, I'm seeing photos dave of the parks and it was you you said it it was insane i have i have uh people down there and when we first planned their trip i said oh february's great that's the time to go it's not busy it's not crowded it's good don't worry you're not gonna need genie plus you're not gonna need lightning lane what happened okay so here and Right there in that in that sentence, you've actually summed up one of my biggest challenges with this, okay? And that is there used to be these beautiful times in Disney World, which people in the know were all about. Come in February. Yep. Like yep. come in January, but go midweek so you're not colliding with the with the uh, marathons that are in town, or um, that first week uh, of December when everything just drops off a little bit. Or go, yes, it's going to be hot in late August when school goes back, but if you're not affected by school, come on an adult trip in August. It's going to be hot, but it's a it's a whole lot of fun and it's quote unquote dead. Okay, and then. The advent of the internet created people that want to tell everybody else, um, people that want to tell everybody else about this niche little thing that's really cool that only they know about. And then they put it out there and suddenly everybody knows about it. And then it all gets flipped on its head and everybody comes during that time. And then they get upset that it's now busy during these quote unquote dead times. Okay, and February is crazy, dude. I've never seen anything that, like that's it. February used to be <laughs> February used to be my time that Katie and I would go, and you may walk through portions of the park and not see anyone else. February used to be what Disney was the first week after reopening for COVID. When I was in the parks, the first I was there the first week they reopened. I remember we walked down Hollywood Boulevard. And I didn't see one other soul between where I was standing and Tower Terror. It was insanity. And not anymore. I'm seeing these these lines and I'm just like, but that, here's the thing. This is what's crazy. What's spring break going to look like? I mean, right. yeah. But he, here's another thing, too. Let's talk about. You said it before. Is Is... Bob Chapik, the person that maybe we don't want, but we need because he is filling the parks. He's bringing in better revenue. They hidden. I mean, the revenue numbers are insane, you know, and look, when I come down in so on spring break, I'm going to buy Genie Plus. Yep. So is he what we needed? I think maybe I'm already turning. 
I love Bob Chapin. I'm whoa, already turning whoa, pages. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not, <laughs> let's not, let's not jump to things like that. Chapin, 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 Chapin. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a thing. It, hey, it's busy. That's all we know. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, well, I'll tell you what, not, not speaking of, of the crowds, normally one place you can't escape the crowds is in Epcot. And especially if you understand where you were going in Epcot. So today, we wanted to do a Disney Dads in Death. We want to talk about the best things about the China Pavilion in Epcot. Uh, really dive into some of the places you might not know, some of the story you don't know. And uh, maybe the fact that you shouldn't skip this pavilion next time you're there. That you should go and really enjoy it. Before we dive into all this stuff, guys, I want to get your first take on the pavilion itself. Mike, whenever you're thinking about the China Pavilion, is this a skip for you as you're making your way to Germany to get a nice cold Schafferhofer? Or are you stopping and, uh, and exploring a little bit? I'm glad we're talking about it tonight because this has been my usual skip. Um, I don't know if it's because I grew up in a very uh, oriental rich neighborhood in Queens. You know, uh, I was I was flushing Main Street, if anybody knows that. I mean, that's like the, the Queens version of Chinatown and going into Manhattan, being in Chinatown there. So I think it's always been one of those things that we've skipped. Uh, doing some research and looking into this tonight for the show, I think it's going to be something that I do more often. Um, I tend to hit the booths there around the food and wine or some of the other festivals, but that's about the extent of it. I've never really explored it as much as I probably should have. Uh, I've gone into the gift shop and I've checked some of the places out in there, but um, I've never done the movie. We'll talk about that later. And um, it's definitely something that I quite have learned quite a bit a lot, but doing some research for the show. Um, I'll tell you, that it's kind of, I'm kind of the same way. I, it's, it's kind of a skip for me a lot of times. The only thing that ever drives me in this pavilion is when we do the like, find the figments or find the Remy's or, you know, during festivals. Um, so we'll, we'll go and explore a little bit. Dave, you're in the parks more than anybody. Is this for you a place where you're, you know, doing VIP tours and you're taking guests to this? Uh, look, there's not much to do in the pavilion itself. So okay, so there's there there isn't all that much, and I will give you that. Um, so it's kind of uh, twofold because uh, when I'm on tour, it's probably not something that I visit a lot. Uh, I'd be lying if I said it was. But um, it, when I'm on my own, I love the China Pavilion. I I. I enjoy it's actually one of my go-tos for food uh offerings um that to avoid a long line um usually i mean it can get a little busy but um only if everywhere else is busy uh it's one of the last to fill up um and it's a great place to relax there's some awesome shaded areas uh, uh there's a couple mm -hmm. of benches that i i assume jason is familiar with I, I i assume mr odegaard knows about these ones must be right so, up his jam yeah right? like we we've discussed on this show many eons ago about the importance of having a nice bench to relax on and um and it's beautiful it's scenic it's relaxing uh there's ip offerings there's uh and and a movie to watch and uh and an attraction in there so um i i think it's got a lot more to offer than once you stop and think about it, then the average person goes, oh, China. Like, yeah, it's very easy to be like, yeah, we, we're skipping this. But no, there's there's a lot that happened there. And worst case scenario, even if you don't go in, you don't have to go all the way up in there to get some boba tea in your life. I'm just mm -hmm. saying, like, yeah. there's options. 
I'm sure that will come up later in the show for sure <laughs> uh, as a maybe one of the things that you should enjoy. Mm. Um, look, I, I think if we were to sit down and do a show on the most beautiful pavilions, this would be up there in the top three. I mean, it catches your eye the second you you come around the curve. Uh, you know, you've just gotten off Frozen. You're you're walking out. You take that left, and all of a sudden, you see this pavilion, and it is ornate. It is beautiful. It is detail rich. It is everything that I I think that people would expect whenever you say you're going to the China Pavilion. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that you know we have a lot of countries in World Showcase where. You know, the countries either had input or had direct control over construction. You know, when you look at Morocco um, with them coming and sending people to actually help with the construction of the pavilion itself. The China Pavilion was not that way. The China Pavilion was done by Disney, but Disney at the time did not have the resources or the the, the availability to build what they thought would be a suitable structure for this pavilion and so they actually outsourced it to a company palmer and smith company and they're out of uh, southfield michigan so when you see that beautiful construction that's a really unique thing that uh that it was built by people from michigan um now here's the thing ah yes when you're michigan, walking around in its uh no and it's <laughs> is ornate yes <laughs> renowned for its uh for its chinese influences in its Smith architecture F- southfield michigan it's Ford uh, Motor it's company for and, its uh, chinese architecture <laughs> yes <laughs> um but the company also constructed france it constructed japan and wow. it constructed uh horizons in future world okay well, so this company had a huge impact on the the footprint of Epcot. Well, they were they were doing great in the in the late seventies. <laughs> I mean, isn't that isn't, isn't that incredible? Yeah, the fact that one company has so much so much to do. Um, but as you make the turn, and you, know, I think the first thing we all see is we see that amazing gate of the Garden Sun, the huge structure there, uh, known as the Zhao Yang Men, and. Um, you know, a lot of us have never been to China. Got to give a shout out to our good buddy Rick Reagan, still in China as we record this. Oh. Uh, he's out there making all the ice That's for right. the Olympics. That's why we're doing this 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 episode. By the way, is is for the Olympics. Um, he's out there making all the ice for the Olympics, and so um, you know he he's able to experience this culture. But a lot of people may never go to China. They may never experience it. And this is one place where you can go and maybe have something that is as true as possible to the uh you, you know the the lifestyle of the chinese culture there uh in china you also get the temple of heaven you know the 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 massive massive building there i'm going to go down and say this i think it's the most beautiful building in epcot once you go inside i agree oh, I, you I'll know what it kind of reminds me of when you ever have those kaleidoscope things when you were a kid, you know, mm-hmm. when, you, when, you, when you look in and you can twist it and see the colors, as you walk into the center of that, it's got kind of that, uh, you know, that that kaleidoscope kind of colorness and some of that depth when you look at the ceiling. It's pretty interesting, the architecture that they have and the the ornate detail that they have throughout the whole entire, you know, rotunda there. Um, It is actually, Dave, the first weenie in World Showcase. Is it? Hmm. It is. Mm. So as you travel around, if you take the left there, um, the uh, you you get the Mexico Pavilion. But as you're coming around, the 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 Chinese uh, structure there is the weenie in, mm. in that in that pavilion. Mm. 
Thanks for working that word into this episode. Weenie. Uh, the kids like it. Weenie. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, here's the thing. For me, I know when I explore this structure, it's, it's breathtaking. It really is. But it takes, you have to want to go do it because there's nothing to draw you back there. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like, it, it's beautiful to look at, and then you just kind of go, oh, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Like, you've got you've yeah. to consciously make a decision that you're going in. Do you think, so when Disney came up with the idea of World Showcase, China was one of the first ones on the table. They said, we have to have a China pavilion. Mm. Do you think that's a necessity? I mean, there's also an. <laughs> Dave's like, no, Australia should have been there. It should have been <laughs> no, but kangaroos I think, I think and there was, wombats. I think there was also a. Um, you've also got to look at the time period that they were doing this during because um, the late 70s, early 80s, they were already trying to figure out how to break into those Asian markets. Um, they, they knew that it was a big, yeah. that Disney was a big draw card for them. Um, how are they going to do that? And we saw them, um, making deals with third party companies to, uh, to create Tokyo. And then it took them another 20 something years, uh, to actually get a park within China itself. Uh, so I think this was a conscious step in the direction of saying we want to represent some of these uh cultures uh that we're that we're excited to have come visit Walt Disney World. Yeah. So I that's think, smart. Uh, I never thought yeah. of it like that. So uh, from if you think about the from a historical point of view, that's was what was going on and uh within the company that was a big focus that they were working towards. So I I don't think there's any uh I don't think I'm out of step by saying that that was likely one of the reasons that it was on the table that yes, China is going to be featured in the world showcase. It's almost like an olive branch to China to 100%. say, Hey, let's, uh, let's have a partnership and, and in the future we'll grow it from there. Um, Mike, one of the things I love about Disney and what they do with every single showcase, um, every single pavilion is the storytelling that they have. And before we dive into our, you know, our favorite things to, to make sure to check out in this pavilion. The one thing I'd love is, you know, in the Chinese culture, numerology plays a huge part. And Disney took that and said, okay, we're going to implement it. This is something that most people would never know. They would never see. They would never experience. They would, you know. But Disney still was able to implement the fact that the temple itself has nine stones, has four pillars inside, coinciding with 12 pillars outside. Okay. So four, nine, and 12 are all symbolic numbers in the Chinese culture. And they represent the seasons, the tales of the dragon, and the numbers of month and the year. So the fact that Disney goes above and beyond to say, "Hey, we understand the little, th you know, the things in your culture that that you appreciate and that drive who you are as a Chinese culture, and we want to implement those into the pavilion itself." I think really speaks highly of Disney and their storytelling ability, but also I think it speaks highly of the fact that they appreciate each and every culture represented and that they want those people to feel like they are, how can I say it? They're not, it's not just a place you're coming on vacation. You're coming to learn something about the culture and, and, and the country that you are visiting in that one moment. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I agree. 
uh, I'll ask David's question because he'd know better than I would. During special holidays, like when the Chinese New Year comes about, which is I think just a couple of weeks ago, did they do something specific or something special by the China Pavilion during that time? Um, I, I'm, I know for certain that they have on previous occasions. I've seen it. I wasn't in Epcot during that, uh, during that festival, um, and during that Chinese celebration. So I didn't see it this year, so I'm not 100% certain, but, um, I do love their, uh, Epcot's, uh, focus on things like that, uh, where they're, there's so many celebrations that happen around the world and uh, they're so focused on uh, acknowledging all of those um, it, within the different cultures that they do take time uh, to do that. And yeah, as you said, I have seen it uh, previously, so I would assume so, uh, but then it's post-COVID and stuff gets weird sometimes. So I, mm -hmm. as I said, I didn't personally see it this year. The, the way the pavilion is set up is not by coincidence either. So when Disney sets up the pavilion, the one thing about China is, yes, you have some major um, uh, uh, massive cities and, 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 you know, where you have millions and millions and millions and millions of people in a small area. But you also have a lot of farmland. You have a lot of, of the country that is not developed and so, if you when you enter the the showcase itself, there's a reason that the left side of the of the of the showcase is more commercialized, more inhabited, mm. and the right side is more gardens, more um, trees, more bamboo, more bushes, more water. Um, it's meant to represent the entire country as a whole, not just you know buildings everywhere, because that's not what the country is. So I love the fact that Disney goes in and they take those little things and they say, "Hey, yes, we do have the in, the industrial uh, aspects and the you know the the cities over here, but we also have the countryside over here as well." So it's a very cool thing that the Imagineers did whenever constructing this uh, this pavilion. It's funny because that that whole countryside area with the lily pads and the water and the just it's got almost that tranquil you know kind of like a meditation area which is the last thing you would expect when you're on a disney vacation you know no one expects to have a place that you could go and just kind of you know decompress and de-stress and they have a design for that and that's that's part of the you know huge part of the culture but obviously, uh, you know, when you're thinking about Epcot, you're thinking about, you know, having a thrilling vacation. The last thing you're thinking about is one of those kind of chill, you know, meditation moments. <laughs> right. No, I completely agree. And if you do find the right spot back there, you can settle in and, and really have 15 or 20 minutes where you might only see a couple people that kind of meander back there. You're not going to see a ton. Um, guys, let's dive into it. Let's dive into the best things, the must-see things about the China Pavilion. Uh, as people are going, you know, we want to always spotlight each and every single aspect of Disney that we enjoy. And so I really think that we're going to come up with more than what people may think. People at home right now be going, oh, well, there's maybe some food or, you know, something like that. There's a lot more out there than you may know to go and check out in this pavilion. So, Dave, I'm going to start with you with, uh, with your first one. Whatever you want to go to, buddy. Let's roll. And your first thing that you want to see is a not miss uh, aspect about the China Pavilion. Um, I'm going to go, and you said let's deep dive. Um, let's go all the way to the back. Um, because mm, yeah. it's real. Uh, like, I I feel like so many people haven't explored this one completely. Uh, it's kind of like 
uh, it's kind of like uh, the Morocco Pavilion as well. I feel mm -hmm. people see the front of it and they like like a few things um, there and they'll go to like that first layer of it, but they they don't really get much further past that. Um, the bazaar up the back, the the um, the Chinese merchandise area, um, and there's some fun merchandise down towards the front, but there's so much more uh, available up in that back section um, that needs to be explored and um, some really great offerings, some authentic uh, a a Asian Chinese um, designed elements of their, of their culture that um, people don't even realize are on offer. You can get everything from furniture, rugs, uh, you know, jewelry, we need um, more people crystal? walking out of swords? Epcot with a rug. Sword. <laughs> I don't think you can get swords here. I think the, are the swords no, in there? they have swords there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Do they? Okay. Oh, yes. That's, I thought they were only in Japan. Nope, now I know Japan, I have multiple have sword China. spots. Oh, yep. so All right. many sword offerings. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, I'm ready to, ready to roll. Um, the kids' toys. You know what draws us back here all the time was KitKat. KitKat's located back there. Yes. So you can, you can go back there. A calligraphy. I mean, they have... So much look, it's one of the largest shopping destinations in Epcot. That's now that crazy. Mouse Gear's gone, yeah, it's one of the largest in space. I believe that it's huge, so it's massive, yeah, it takes up a ton of space. And, um, another thing they have back there, if you're in a, into like penny presses, they have a penny press machine back there, so you can go back there and do that. I know a lot, like, that's one of the things I've always said if you want to do something cheap and fun for the kids, get it. Get an M&M's mini container. No, they've now phased all of that out. It's no longer, like, it's all card-based, which has taken so much. I know much they're doing some card-based, but I, I thought they I, were still doing some of the. I'm, I don't think so. I think they've slowly, like, converted all of them over. That's ridiculous. And it me. It takes the fun out of it, but it is what it is. Um, what am I going to do with all my M&M containers of coins I have? Dave, Dave, you realize that, you know, when most people pack, I sit and go, Quarter, quarter, penny. Quarter, quarter, penny. Mm. Quarter, quarter, penny. Quarter, quarter, penny. Wicka, wicka, wicka. Quarter, 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 penny. See? Yeah. You should you should be a rapper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could have played the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, you right, right after Dre? Right after Dre? Yeah. Quarter, quarter, penny. Quarter, quarter, penny. You know you're bobbing your head right now. Quarter, 50 quarter, cent. penny. 50 cent. I'm 51 cent. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. 50 cent looked like a dollar, let's be honest. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. So anyway, anyway. Um yeah, I mean you can get all kinds of stuff there. I mean literally yeah, all kinds of stuff. It, it needs to be explored. It needs to stop being something you bypass. Yeah, it's weird. I wonder I would love to see the foot traffic there compared to the foot traffic traffic in Japan at their um, at their shop because you can see the entrance to that shop in Japan you cannot see the entrance to this uh, shop from the from the front of the China pavilion right and that's why I wanted to start with the start there first thing we needed to talk about there we go yeah it's great go explore there's tons of stuff for the kids to, to do Mike you ever go back there 
Yeah, I have. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I've, you've seen before. I have a huge coffee collection. Um, I buy all different kinds of coffees and kinds of, and I like teas as well. And uh, they have a huge variety. They have a jasmine tea back there that's really nice. And I've got a couple of. I've got a couple of boxes of that still here. So I'm a big coffee collector and a big collector of you know teas. Uh, I like to have different drinks once in a while, and uh, I'll definitely go back there for the tea. Fantastic, uh, Mike. What's one you want to want to uh, go to, bud? Um, I like the pork buns. I specifically like they have the box lunches you can get from there, and uh, the pork buns are one of my favorite. Uh, they had them here, obviously, when I was in New York, but just having it in Disney, they're really good, and that's one of my favorite things to get when I'm over there. They're delicious. Yeah. Like, Katie hates them. I love them. Like, I absolutely love them. Um, I typically only get them during, like, food and wine, though. I don't get them all the time <clears throat> um, when they'll do, like, the smaller samplings and stuff like that. Dave, you ever eat them? No. Really? They're good, man. I don't know. Yeah, good. they're good. I, I have not had those. Well, you've been yeah, to New York really a lot. Good. You never have one in New York either? No, I don't think so. I'll look into okay. it. Okay. Well, you next need time, to get out of your time, hotel, man, next, next time you're yeah. in the city. Yeah, next time All you're right. in Manhattan, go to Chinatown and get a pork bun. Yeah, I usually come in for like four days. I work and don't. Ride the subway. It's the safest way to get there. <laughs> Hitchhike is the safest way to get there. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. That's actually safer. That's actually safer. Life <laughs> advice from the, from, <laughs> from the boys. There you go. We would never steer you wrong, would we? We would never. never. We would never. Issue never. Wish you um, Well, I tell you what. I'm gonna, I'm going to go to the gardens. Uh, that's one for me. We talked about it a little bit, but I want to touch on it. Um, the waterfalls, the ponds, the the subtle music that's piped in as you sit there and kind of reflect um on on just the day and you can you can really just take 10 minutes to kind of decompress like dave said it for me i I don't know i'm trying to think is there another spot in japan up by the sushi restaurant would be one one. that's a great spot to decompress um i'm trying to think of another spot where i i i do it on the bench outside mission space while everyone else rides yep i'll decompress right there but yeah, I mean, those two are kind of my only ones where I can you can really get away from everybody. Oh, maybe the at, gardens in uh, the UK. I literally was about to say, took the words out of my mouth. Up the back in the UK, yeah. um, but then yeah. like then the band starts playing and everybody rolls <laughs> in. It's a Beatles pop in, you know. So what was that? Is no, that, that what was my Beatles? Impression. Is that what you think the Beatles sound like? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yoko Ono sounds like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe All I right. need to retouch my Beatles. Yeah. Blackbirds singing in the dead of night. Wow. Right? All right, here that we was go. That's pretty. This is not what people signed up for for this uh, not, for this thing. Not. So yeah, the gardens for me oh. are uh gardens for me are a must must see at Walt Disney World and at Epcot uh in the China Pavilion. I love it. All right, Dave, back to you, bud. Oh, um well, while we're on food, let's talk about food in general. Um I'm going to step to the defense of Nine Dragons. Uh there are many people that uh, over the years, I've seen that say how much they dislike it, how much, and I think, I think it went through a phase where the offerings maybe weren't great, or their service had dipped a little bit, and like they, and and then it's really hard to win people back, uh, particularly when there are so many great offerings uh, in Walt Disney World, particularly in Epcot. But I've eaten there a number of occasions and really enjoyed it. Uh, they do. A it's gr- the only restaurant. Only restaurant I haven't eaten at Epcot. Okay. So, uh, 
Mike? But it's, Yak- it's but here's the thing. Yak and Wait, Yeti you, still better. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. It, okay, question. Is Yak and Yeti better than this, Dave? I've eaten at Yak and Yeti more. Um Yak and Yeti quick service is better than the sit down though. Oh, I do love Yak and Yeti. Um here's what I will say is that there's they they've I thought the first time I went there, I thought they've done a really good job um of striking the balance between what people think Chinese food is <laughs> and what right. Chinese food is actually. I knew where you were going. Because yeah. so I've spent time in China. Um and and there's this whole and I've, particularly uh, I, the first time I was there, I was in Hong Kong, um, and Hong Kong has a very westernized, anglicized uh, version of Chinese food. But if you delve a little deeper um, and visit the places uh, that you should, uh, you can actually find some quite authentic and um, some very interesting Chinese food offerings. Uh, so there's they do a really great job of striking a balance between um, ordering something that you think you can get at your local Chinese food location and then trying to bend it back somewhere closer in the vicinity of authentic Chinese food. Americanize it. What do you mean? They want to Americanize it. Of course they do. And they, and they, they also understand their target market that they need to Americanize it because otherwise if you put a f- plate of food like the average Chinese person probably eats, um, that the average American or and particularly the average tourist would be like, Nope, I'm out. <laughs> you know much you know much fun it would be if they did like a street market back there? Oh, where the that would be so much fun. Where you eat the squid that's alive and you pour the soy sauce on it, it starts to move. Man, it doesn't have to videos? be alive. Let's, let's, once again, let's strike that eat, balance. You can eat bugs in, in Japan. Yeah, but let's strike that balance. That's all I'm saying is let's, let's find the... I think you be, I think you go over the top and make it like Instagram ready to where people can go in there and make crazy videos. I I mean why not let, let let's go so um yep. so there's so there's nine dragons um and then there is also uh the uh, lotus blossom uh as the quick service restaurant which is wonderful um I've eaten there many times and um and once again that it's a more americanized uh, version of Chinese food, um, but it's delicious, and those pot stickers are great. Just saying. Oh, the pot stickers! Oh, oh, oh. Yep. Mm. That may be. I'm trying to think. When order Chinese here at the house, like pot stickers is way up on my list of my appetizers. I get. Yeah, but they're not always great. Those pot stickers in particular are really good. They're really good. Right now, They're I really want good. pod stickers. What time is? Yeah, me too. Is what time's Epcot close? Uh, I've got thirty-three minutes. I could be in the gate. Okay, <laughs> you could make it there. I could make it. Would it would be really close. You would be sprinting. I mean, like from right now, you would have to run. And then they would hate you me would because, let's be honest, they closed, yeah. and I'm like, "Hey guys, can I just get some pod stickers? Please? I know you got some left over. Um, Let me get them. No. Come on." Um, I love it. Uh, Mike, coming to you, uh, talking about food. Uh, you enjoy the food? I do. Uh, you know, I tend to eat the Chinese food, the American Chinese food, more when I am when I was home in New York. Uh, I haven't had Chinese food since I've been down here in South Carolina yet. I have to explore that Oh, that's that what we're known bit. for. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, Just yeah, like sure. Michigan is known for the architecture. <laughs> South Carolina yeah. and their Chinese food. <laughs> our, our authentic Chinese food. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, but I, I, like I said, I do the pork buns when I'm over there. Uh, whenever it's food and wine, I stop by the booths over that, that way. Um, it doesn't tend to be one of my go-tos when it comes to food. It's not one of my you know must-do reservations. But um, the one thing that I do look forward to, and I'm sure we've all seen it before, would be the Jewel Dragon Acrobats. Uh, they are absolutely fantastic. Yes. That's the, I mean, they are – you know that that acrobatic kind of performance—it really stops you in your tracks. So that's something that if you if you don't spend a lot of time at the pavilion, that's one of the things that I think offering-wise definitely will draw you in and will make you want to appreciate the China Pavilion a little bit more. Yes, hundred percent. The acrobats for me—I think that's the hardest seat for like street performers in Epcot. Like it's like the crowd gathers so quickly that you have to be on top of it if you you know what i mean like france is also pretty hot france is great so is italy i love the 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 whistle and you know yeah <laughs> italy is also the, italy doesn't have a whole lot of space no and they do it right there in the like when you first walk in to the pavilion so yeah. there's not a because they don't want to clog the area you know the way it's set up is a little weird yeah. but yeah like the the acrobats for me, and it's these kids, man. These like you know, they're incredible. They're amazing. Like, they're amazing. Yeah. What they can do. Well, okay. You get a job offer, okay, or, or you want to apply for a job for the brand new drawn to life Disney Cirque du Soleil. Okay. Okay. Out of all of the like acrobatic things they could do, if you had to pick one, where you're like, okay. Can you kind of know kind of what they do? That I think I may be able to do this, whether it being swinging on the the things and doing flips off them, or maybe you know uh, being on top of the wheel and kind of going back and forth on it, or like what are you doing? Are you are you confident enough in your in your ability and your balance to be able to do the trampoline where you jump and then land on the top and then jump back off and land on the side and so all that kind I, of stuff? Uh, so I recently went to like a, it wasn't a sky zone, it was called something else, but one of those. Like a jump park. Yeah, a jump park um, with my daughters. And they had like this place where um, you, the idea was that you would fall back onto your back and then jump and then yeah. uh, and kind of rest against the wall for a, a split second and then push back off it like they do on Cirque du Soleil. And I went, can't be that hard, surely. It was really hard and I was absolutely terrible at it. So based <laughs> on that, here's the thing, is I'm a relatively competent, balanced person. Okay, I I know how physically. To, yes, I, I know how to stilt walk, like legitimately. Do you know how to? No, hold on, wait, come back. You know how to walk on stilts? Yeah. Did you know that I have had in my Amazon cart intro to stilt walking, where you get like the little like three foot stilts, oh, or like okay. the the smaller yeah, stilts yeah, the tiny first, ones. the 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 ones, the tiny ones, and then children. you start to learn yeah. off those, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to learn. You know why? Because I go to Universal <laughs> and I see at like Halloween Horror Nights and, and Mardi Gras, yeah. all the stilt walkers. Yep. And I, not, look, you know me, most time when I'm at Universal, I'm extremely sober. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I had a 20 minute conversation with a stilt walker about how to get into stilt walking uh, during Mardi Gras last year. And so they, 
they pointed me to that to learn how to do it. Uh, yeah, both my wife and I, Melanie and I both know how to stilt walk. We've uh, done it for a couple of different companies for a couple of different events. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a qualified. Things you learn. Uh, what about unicycle? Rest. No, I'm not able to unicycle. I, I mean, I could probably try. So really quickly, Cliff Notes version of this story is I applied for a job for a hosting gig uh, for an event. And the people that were running it called me back and they were like, look, we, we love your energy. We love uh, your ability to host. We want with the way you engage people. We want to put you in front of a crowd for this specific gig. You need a skill that you don't have. And I was like, what skill? And they went, it's actually going to be hosting while on stilts. You've got to be able to walk and like do <laughs> dances like cha-cha slide, Cupid shuffle, things like that. Um, in, uh, while on stilts. And I went, am I able to learn that? And he goes, well, we were hoping you'd ask that because, uh, the guy who ran the company, his wife, uh, used to be a stilt performer for Ringling Brothers Circus. Um, and she's Hungarian and, uh, and she is actually one of the divines, um, at Animal Kingdom. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was taught by Divine um, to walk stilts. And he goes, yeah, so um, we wanted to know what you're doing tomorrow at 10 a.m. He goes, my wife needs two hours. At the end of two hours, she'll know if you are going to be able to walk stilts within the next six weeks to host this gig. Or uh, if you're too in your head and overthink it and don't trust your body, you're out. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I went, cool, I'll see you then. In the next six weeks, I walked stilts every single day in a parking <laughs> lot at my house, at my like unit, that I, at my uh, yeah, apartment yeah. that I was living in. And like people would be like, oh, there's that weirdo on the stilts again walking through the middle of our parking lot. And, um, and by the end of it, I could, after six weeks, I could Cotton Eye Joe on stilts. That's pretty good. Yeah. The weird thing, Mike, is he would walk his little dog while on stilts. Yeah, that's really so it was just this I long leash with anyway, the little dog. Short answer is I can do things like that, and I still wouldn't be confident in my ability to compete against these incredible performers from the China Pavilion. I brought it back. I got, I got stuck one time in a foam pit in one of those bounce uh, places. Like those, I once you get that. in those foam oh, pits. No, you get in, you're not getting out. Like that's hard. You're not getting out. That's like, a workout. No, no, no. I, I'm like crawling out of this thing. It just doesn't do it. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm actonna go in to the main building, and I'm going to take us into the replica of the Terracotta Army. Um, really, really cool. Figures dating back uh, 210 B.C. Um, that you can go and you can see in China. Uh, but, of course, it's a miniature replica. Um, very, very, very miniature, yeah, compared to compared to the actual ones. But a very cool sight to see, and you don't see a lot of photos coming out of there from guests that are traveling. So it makes me wonder how many people are going back there to see it. Um, also, there's artwork that you can see as well that I think is is really great. Um, people really need to take the time to go and experience those type of things within the pavilion. To where, look, it doesn't take a lot of your day. Go in, walk through, and, and do that. And while you're doing that, too, you also have the opportunity to, once things are back to normal, do some great meet and greets. Mulan's typically there, and you have Mushu 
that sometimes will pop in for meet and greets as well. Um, the last thing, guys, I'm going to pop really quickly is going and seeing Reflections of China. I, I was like, I think that's the only thing left. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen um, it? Dave, I have seen it. It's been, it's been, now I know they redid it in 2000, last year, two years ago. Y- yes. Yes. Time is fluid um, right now. It has been redone recently. Let's say that. Yeah, 2020 <laughs> is when it was redone. Um, have you seen it since then? I actually haven't, no. No, I haven't either. Um, but I saw it previously. I really kind of enjoy these videos. I don't take advantage of them as often as I should because I feel like once you see it once. I think your biggest your biggest problem and the problem of so many people is that they aren't great if you have partaken in some of the adult elements of Epcot. Yes, 100%. Um, because yeah. the, it, You're saying like, if all your faculties aren't there. Correct. You need to have your wits about you because, yeah, I mean, they have like little bars for you to hold on to because, yes, if you try to watch everything and end up spinning in circles, you're going to end up on the floor. <laughs> That's what I like to do, though. I just spin as fast as possible in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah. I don't hang on. Yeah. And I just say, I'm taking it all in. I just yell it out, you know, as I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and the video isn't even playing at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I leave the La Cava experience. I've just spent you know, you an go. insane see? amount of money. Yep. And then I go straight to there to spin in circles um, to see I mean, all what's of China. not to love? Uh, it is a beautiful video, um, a, a stunning look at the culture and particularly the uh, natural beauty of, of China. Um, I was reading uh, that something I didn't know is that they actually showed it in Disneyland for a number mm-hmm. of years, which fascinated yeah. me back uh, before my time with the company. So I never really had um, been brought up. I was reading that it ran for 12 years out in Disneyland because they were so proud of this particular one. Apparently the Canadian video did not run nearly as long so (laughs) you know what's amazing to me too man is like you're seeing the technology grow with this 3d projection you know oh uh, yeah look when you go in when you go into epcot and now you're you're walking in seeing what the future of epcot's going to look like um what is that called that's right there you know in in where the baby care center is and yeah that that kind of stuff the future of that technology to where the center part of the room is is lighting up as well and changing and Mm-hmm. And doing things. I really think that, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s, Disney and and the builders did not intend for some of these rooms to to then fast forward 40, 50, 60 years, be set up perfectly for this new technology, new projection technology to where they could literally block off the center of this room and do projections like a, the like an, an army in you know 2020 bc you know uh marching and 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 show things it would be really incredible what they could do if they put the money into it with these it wouldn't just be a video on the outside but put the things in the middle to where you feel like all around you stuff is happening um and it's set up perfectly for that which i really do enjoy so um well guys anything else we want to add to the china pavilion i think it's a great addition to World Showcase, I think it's a great pit stop in between Norway and, and kind of making your way around to Germany and, and a couple other spots. Um, but, I, you know, for, for me, it's, it's, it's the place I go to relax. It's the place I go to see great entertainment. It's the place I go to get a snack. 
And uh, I really think that it has some really fantastic elements to it that you should not miss on your next Disney vacation. So I challenge you to take 10, 15, 20 minutes, go to the back, do some shopping, explore, play with some swords like Mike does, uh, you know, grab some, some, some treats uh, from the quick service, go in, see the terracotta, see uh, Mulan, hopefully, you know, uh, soon to where she'll be back. There's a lot to do. Explore the gardens. Take those photos because that's what you really want to do. Uh, that China Pavilion is there. It's beautiful. If I had to list it, like I said before, it's top three most beautiful pavilions in Epcot. So make sure to go take time to do it. You know, I'm glad we talked about that tonight because it's one of those places that I've kind of overlooked. And now that I understand that there's so much beauty and so much architecture and so much detail there, I'm going to make sure that I stop in there and take some pictures. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put those pictures on our Facebook page. And we have some amazing pictures from our Disney Dad family. And it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Dave, what's your pick of the week? Um, so having talked about Epcot uh, to, on this week's episode, I thought I'd stay in Epcot and pick a photo uh, taken of the uh, American Gardens Theatre uh, at the moment that is the Broadway concert series taking place. Uh, Benjamin Waldman uh, posted a photo. Uh, he went to see uh, Michael James Scott, the uh, genie from Broadway, Aladdin, and um, just a great shot of the stage. And uh, just makes me love going to that theater. Um, there's so many great offerings that happen there uh, in all of the different um events that happen in Epcot now, and I feel like they just roll one into the next. Uh, but the Broadway concert series uh, is tremendous, and uh, I didn't get a chance to get across there and see uh, these these performances this year, but uh, I would have definitely loved to have seen Michael James Scott and very jealous of Benjamin Waldman. That's my pick very of the week. Very good. Very good. Justin, what's your pick of the week? Yeah, I'll tell you what, there was a few of these, so I'm kind of rolling them all into one. But I'm going to go Christina McSheffrey, but also I'm rolling in Irene Smith, the Smith family, with this because lots of DDP families around have started to receive their ornaments. Um, as many of you know, the Smith family every year does uh, over 100 Christmas trees in their house, and it is they take us on a tour. It's an incredible, incredible, incredible sight to see. Um, I really, really do recommend for you guys to look back through the page. You can kind of search um, Irene and, and and the Smith family, Nate Smith, and see you know when they did that and, and watch that video. It's really cool. But a huge honor to us, like a huge, huge honor to us, is that for the second year in a row, they have done a DDP tree. And it's one of the coolest things because, you know, we've kind of said in the past, it's not the you know the Facebook page. It's not the um, the over three hundred shows we put out. It's not it's not the trips that everyone's gone on. We love all that stuff. It's the community that you guys have built. That fact that you guys have become you know this this singular uh, Disney loving space where people can come and share their ideas and share their thoughts and share their photos and sh you know and share their ups and their downs. And the Smith family just just embodies that whole idea of what we ha what we want to be and, and what we try to be with the Disney community. And they make a DDP tree. You send your picture in. 
For those of you who didn't do it this year, please, please, please do it next year because it's super cool. And then as a, I had a benefit, they sat down, they took every ornament they made, and they mailed them out to families. And families are receiving those ornaments, and they are able to keep those as kind of a you know, souvenir for that year and, and a memento of, of this family that you're a part of and that we're able to be a part of. And so I, I received my ornament. Um, I actually received three, from uh, two from last year, too, that she mailed out to me. And um, just, just, a, just a super great family. And Christina McSheffrey posted hers, and she said, the Smith family is just one of the many reasons why the Disney Dads community is hands down, without a doubt, the best in capitalization Disney family around. We are so very appreciative of the ornaments. Our family loves Christmas and Disney ornaments, so these are just spectacular. Thank you so much. Guys, it doesn't get better than that. We are three goofy guys that are writing raps, uh, talking about the China Pavilion, and we are lucky enough to have this family that has let us come into their lives and be a part of it. So we appreciate you all so much. I know it's a longer uh, pick of the week than, than typical, but I really... Oh, are we that's still in little... of the week? I thought we were now in the... Um, <laughs> we skipped the... it. Okay. That's the little things, though, guys, that like gets me. You know what I mean? When you realize that people meeting up in the parks, people, you know, that's the coolest thing to me. It really is. It still gets me. After going on five years now, after all that time, it's still just... I'm like, wow, it's incredible. Yeah, you hit the nail uh, on the head with that. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike, how about you, buddy? Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Ashley Hamill and Anthony Martinez. And bravo to you for knocking out the kitchen sink. I've done that with my girls. We've done it over at Beaches and Cream. And um, I see a little bit left on the bottom. So, But no, it looks good. You guys did a great job knocking it out. And uh, it was an absolute blast when I did it with my kids. And I'm sure you had a blast eating it as well. Every time I see like the kitchen sink, I think of... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where they go to the ice cream parlor. <laughs> That's all I think of. Like, I realize that, that it's not the same or or even close, but that's what I think of. Like with and that where like Napoleon Bonaparte is like up to his elbows in ice cream, trying to like. That's just in case you're wondering. I know it's not a Simpsons reference, so it seems off brand for Justin, but um. That's what my head thinks of. I like it. Yeah. Have you ever done the, the kitchen sink, Dave? Um, personally, no. I picked up a tour that were finishing a kitchen sink, so that was fun. I've never done it either. I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't, like... Oh, I, that's, I can't. that's terrible. Can't you just take a <laughs> yeah, pill? Yeah, and there's not enough lactose pills in the world for the kitchen sink, so... It's a fun experience, yeah. too, man. They, 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 the strobe lights go off, they start singing. It's a whole experience when they bring that out to you. At least it great. was, pre-COVID. Yeah, welcome... Uncle Moe's, catch a treat if you... <laughs> and we're back. Uncle Moe's feedback. There's your reference. <laughs> All right, I love it. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, guys. We love seeing those photos. Also, there's a lot of people in the parks, um, Onkers in the parks. He was posting photos of Space 220 drinks. Uh, he was our drink guy this week because, man, he posted some great places to have a beverage uh, up at Topolino's and, and um, kind of those hard-to-get places. So really, really well done. Can't wait to see you, Onker, uh, here coming up real soon. Um, also I, uh, I was able to have a lunch with somebody else in our DDP family this week and he traveled up, uh, from Hilton head, uh, to come have lunch with me. And I just, I, I loved our time together. Thank you so much for taking the time to come see me and, uh, you know who you are. Love you so much. Love your family. And it was really great. Um, guys, if you haven't done it yet, you know, we talk about it every week, join the DDP, uh, Facebook family. 
There's a huge, huge announcement coming um, with the DDP uh, here in the next week or so, and I, I'm really excited about it. Dave, I know you and Mike, I think, are excited about it as well, um, that you know, changes are coming, but they're going to be really, really good changes and um, new things and, and really exciting as we grow this, this family, grow this show, and, um, and, and try to push more and more content out each and every week to you guys. Um, so look for that coming. You'll find that first on the DDP Facebook family uh, Facebook page. Before it's announced there, it will be announced on our DDP patron page. Um, if you're interested in becoming a patron, a bunch of different options, everything from $2 a month all the way up uh, to our e-ticket patrons who last week you heard Katarina Dupree on here uh, as one of the persons an e-ticket patron. You get to come on and you get to pick the topic. You get to uh, um, you know uh, be a guest on here and on the... Uh, the patron side. Now, for everyone that is an e-ticket patron, we will be reaching out to you. We were going to do one of these a month, so we will be reaching out to the next person here in just a week or so, two weeks or so, to schedule that, and uh, we're really excited. There is actually no e-ticket slots open at this time, though. They are limited. There's only five out there, so there's no e-ticket slots, but keep an eye out. You never know when one will open up, and uh, you can jump in there and become a guest on the show. Um, So make sure to join that, and also you get access to the Facebook page, all that great stuff. There's also an option to pay yearly. Now, you get 10 months, 12 months for the price of 10. So you save 15%. So you can get on there and just pay for the year up front and you have full access to the DDP patron show, DDP patron page, and you do not have to worry about uh, having a monthly recurring charge. I know for a lot of people, they don't enjoy that aspect. So uh, that is there for you as well. So go check that out right now. There's a link below on the uh, on this show. Go to click that. And uh, last but not least, give us that virtual hug. We appreciate you. Helps us grow the show. Leave five stars if you enjoy it. Leave a comment if you appreciate what we're doing, trying to grow the most positive Disney community around. So we appreciate each and every one of you for doing all those things. Guys, let's close it up. And patron, it is Valentine's Day, and we're going to be talking the best and worst places in Walt Disney World to have some of those romantic moments uh but before we do that let's close it up here on the main show uh mike closing words uh great seeing you guys i'm glad we got to talk a little bit about china tonight uh it's something that when i'm my next epcot trip i'll make sure i get over there and explore some of those little details that maybe i've missed before yeah dave um i i love talking about and having an opportunity to um, maybe shine a light on some of the lesser known aspects of Disney World. If we just always read uh, and listen to the same blog and the same uh, and, and, uh, and the same Twitter page, um, we, we may not necessarily uh, broaden our horizons and have an opportunity to uh, experience and see some of these uh, incredible aspects of uh, Epcot. And uh, I love it. Thank you. Yep. Uh, DDP family, have an amazing week. Look, smiles are contagious, guys. So make someone smile. Start with it. Oh, my gosh. Dave just smiled on me. That was not the smile to be contagious with. But it made me smile. Look at that. It does. It does work. Smile, guys. Uh, make someone else smile. Make someone else's day. Spread some love. Spread some cheer. Be positive. Be happy. And uh, we appreciate you so much. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Cheers. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. 
Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.